0: Guys. Welcome to this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. I'm Frankie, and you'll hear from Nick in a couple of seconds here. Before we get into this episode, I want to just quickly tell you about our sponsor, Customized Sports. Customized Sports offers you professional-looking, tackle twill jersey number kits that allow you to customize any jersey with any font, and they give your jersey a nice professional look. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there if you left it blank. You can find them at customizesports.com or on the Reddit or eBay page, Customize-Sports, Dash and be sure to use code PROSPECT10 on checkout for your 10% discount. Thank you to Customize Sports for sponsoring us.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hockey Prospect Report. Nick here with Frankie, and happy thanks
0: post-Thanksgiving
1: for those in the States. Extra, extra post-Thanksgiving for those in Canada. Extra, extra post-Thanksgiving. Been over a month for you guys. We had our turkey day here in the states, and I've been doing nothing but watching football and doing a bunch of nothing today, Frankie.
0: Yeah, and it's been a chill day. Let's just say COVID took more than football from us today, Nick. What else did it take? Well, okay, I want to get into that a little bit after because I have a little bit more to say about that, and I don't want to. We we could realistically make an entire episode about the Canadian COVID nineteen situation in their bubble for the World Juniors here uh but we have some other world junior stuff to get to it's a world junior this day. is a world junior Nothing day world as you can tell by the intro music there we switch it up for the world juniors Good little song there i'd say um beautiful but the two things we talk about let's talk about Russia's preliminary roster first and then we'll move to the German roster that was announced that whole roster's done
1: yeah i still think russia's going to going to did, hold on! Before we get into the roster, didn't didn't you give me your predictions or something for who's gonna medal this See, year? See, here's the tough I thing. I think I disagree it, with it, you because you didn't have it Russell changed. It changed, right? but
0: I don't want to talk about uh, that yet because that article's not out. Okay. So, um, that's not out. But my article about who to watch in each nation is out. We can go over that too, Nick, if you want. Yeah, we can go over that. Let's do, let's, let's do that first. Because I, we haven't done an episode since that came out because um, somebody didn't like that I kept saying I couldn't hear him last episode. Didn't, you know, whatever. I'm not salty at all. Deal with it. So, Nick, this went in order of pools, and it also went in the order of... I believe I did it in the order of the rosters that I saw on uh, Dauber Prospects. It was just the way that I did it. So, that's the order it's in. So, first up is Team Canada. And I went with Connor McMichael for Team Canada, even though Kirby Doc is there, Quentin Byfield's there, and Nick. I saw a little bit of an article today that says, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Alexis Lafreniere could report to Team Canada.
1: I saw that. I saw and that. Honestly, I'd be okay My with that.
0: guess is if the NHL doesn't start until February, which is looking increasingly likely with the situation we're at now, with us being towards the end of November and not having anything in agreement, I'm going to guess February. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm seeing a possibility where Alexis Lafreniere ends up competing, and it sucks for one of the players that's going to get booted out, but that, that Canadian team will be, I, I don't know, that my predictions Gold might have to change this. if uh, uh, they get him. But I went with Connor McMichael because the dude's a beast. If you haven't watched Connor McMichael play, you're you're gonna know his name soon. He's gonna be a a star with the Capitals, I I believe. He put up 1.96 points per game last year in the OHL, and the the dude was just amazing.
1: He put up 52 points in 100. or I'm sorry. Excuse me. I got that backwards. He got he put up 102 points in 52 games.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Dang. What a year. I also appreciate that we're both giving my article views right now. That's good. (laughs) Gotcha, bro. Um, Gotcha. Finland, that's the spot that I had Brad Lambert there for a long time. This was like a pretty last-minute choice to switch this to Atu Ratty. And that mostly is because he's, to many people, the projected number one overall pick for next year. That's a player that has the ability to swing the tournament for Finland. And with them playing with the only other good team in this pool, really being Canada... You obviously they're gonna come out, right? They're they're gonna make it to the elimination stage. But I think he's gonna to have to have he's gonna to have to play a big part in anything beyond that. And the, the the bigger reason that I changed it from Lambert to Raddy is that I think Lambert's going to be interesting to watch, but I think Raddy is the facilitator, the more important player to Finland.
1: Okay, fair enough. I remember you talking big on Brad Lambert, the Mister. Yeah, because he's he's part of that. He's part of
0: that three-headed monster in the twenty twenty two draft that includes Shane Wright himself, and then Matthew Savoie. So Shane Wright, Brad Lambert, Matthew Savoie. Those are the three guys that are in that three-headed monster for that year. So maybe next year for Lambert, because he's a minus one this year. He's about as young as of of a player as you'll see competing in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, he'll be fun to watch. Switzerland is was tough. That one took a lot of digging. Uh, but I eventually ended up on Lenzo, uh, Lorenzo Cano- uh, Canonica. Simply for the fact that he's one of their um, draft eligibles for this year. And they <laughs> they really don't have much. So that, that was about the reasoning for that one. Uh, Slovakia? I think had one player who's already been drafted, and that's Maxim Kajkovich. He's drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, he I believe this is his second crack at this tournament. And like he's with with St. John last year with the Sea Dogs, he scored 18 goals, 24 assists, and 36 games. Like it it's solid numbers, but you look at it as a number one option, it's not exactly ideal. And if we're going to talk about Slovakia, if you take out that Kazakhstan game, the Slovaks were 20, or they got outscored 27 to 6 the rest of the tournament. So you're not talking about a team that's very good. Yikes. Like, I think they beat Kazakhstan 6-1 in the opening game, if I remember correctly. 27 to 6 the rest of the way. And, you know, they, they have a chance to win some games, though. Let, let's be real. They can they can beat Switzerland, and I th- they might be able to beat Germany. There's two winnable games in there for them. If you win two games, you probably you, you probably make it to the next round. So and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I wouldn't put. I
1: I'm not expecting much. No, but
0: there's there's five teams in this tournament every year that you expect to be the elite teams, and they're not one of them. Right. So, but Germany, I think, is pretty straightforward. I think you'd probably agree with this one.
1: That I also like Paterka, to be honest.
0: I think Stutzel is just more important at the end of the day. I think his impact is going to be bigger. But again, I said you can make the case for Stutzel, Paterka, Reichel, and even more uh Moritz Sire. You can make the case for any of them. But I think Tim is going to be the more important piece to the team. Also, I think he's I think another good reason to watch him is because of that broken arm that he had and the surgery that he had that should be repaired and he should be ready to go by the time the World Juniors start. So, especially for Sens fans. <laughs> you know, that's that's a guy you want to watch.
1: Well, well, Germany is going to be a team that a lot of different teams' fans are going to be looking at specifically just because Detroit is going to be one of looking at Sider more specifically and Ottawa is going to be looking at Stutzel and obviously um, the team's playing on Chicago um Chicago yeah they'll be they'll be looking closely but at Lucas like, Reichel at um, Reichel No, who who did who got who drafted Paterka? Buffalo. Jeez, Louis buffalo thank you <laughs> um i don't know germany is just a team to watch because i'm not or excuse me they have a lot of players to watch i'm not I'm, really looking for germany to do a lot i'm of half running, willing to, to call honest, germany but... my
0: biggest wild card in this tournament though i yeah, mean it, it's not like know. you can i don't see them can I see them winning two games? A Maybe yeah, even three? Yeah, I don't see them going into a medal game. Can I see them winning three games here? Maybe. Can you? Do, do I think they can beat Finland? I don't know. They'd have to play exceptionally well, but I think, the, like the like we said, the one thing the Germans do about as good as anybody is buy into a system. They have the firepower. I think I would not be amazed if the Germans won three games because I think they have two games that they should be able to win. You should be able to beat Switzerland and you should be able to beat Slovakia. I don't think you'll beat Canada, but I think you might be able to beat Finland if you play exceptionally well. So And if Finland doesn't show up. Yeah, well, again, it's an interesting tournament. You, you just don't know. Um, but let's move on from Pool A. Well, we'll go to Pool B here. Russia, the team that I am covering for the Hockey Writers this tournament, um, I'm going with Vasily Podkoslan. And again, this is another spot that I, that I fought with because I was thinking Igor Afonaseev for a while. There are some other players here that I thought about, including Daniil Cheka of the, the Guelph Storm. Uh, Igor Chinnikov another one. Uh, Murat Kuznatinov, another player that I looked at that I thought might be able to be there. Rodion Amarov. Like, there's a bunch of players here that I think have a chance to to be key members for the Russians. And even if you want to go into the net, you look at Yaroslav Askarov, right? This this is a talented Russian team. <laughs> and for me, I think what put Padi over the top is just him being a returning player. I think he's probably going to wear the C for the Russians this year. You look at him, I think he's probably going to be one of your key contributors up front. Maybe the goal totals aren't there, as I said, but I think he's going to have to be... He's going to have to play a big role in this if you want a chance at a medal.
1: I think Russia can do some damage. You know, I, I think they will be able to make it to a medal game, especially with the goaltending that they have compared to the rest of their competition. But I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I will i will say... I do have the meddling in my predictions. After I went back and I, I've looked through everything. And again, things might end up changing if Lafreniere ends up on Canada. But I'm... The more that I look at this Russian roster and the more I start to wrap my head around it and look deeper into it, the more comfortable I am with with the construction of the team. Right? I think defensively they might struggle a little bit because they don't have much in terms of returning defensemen. And even up front, there's there's not a ton of returning talent. But from the guys that are there, like I is a guy who isn't a returning guy, but he's an older guy. So, like, there's there's, there's a ton of talent. But I, I had to go with Plotkozla. Clearly, I changed your mind on Russia. No, me. I, I, I know don't know. Me. I You don't, can say r- it was me. You can say it was me. It's okay. I think it was more the fact that I had... You know what? I'm not even going to say it, because it's going to... I don't want to give away all my predictions right now, because I want people to read my article later. <laughs> um, let's go to Sweden. I know you'll probably agree with this one. I yep. went Lucas Raymond, simply for the fact that... Uh, I think he was one of the most talented players in that draft. I think when, when this is all said and done, we might be looking at the Detroit Red Wings having the best player out of this draft. Uh, Detroit has got a lot of guys to watch yeah. in this tournament. Like there's they have a lot of things to be excited about. There's players on this team that are really good, but I think what Steve Eiserman said about Raymond is uh is interesting. Cuz he bas- he said that He thinks they have all the tools to be an elite forward in the NHL. They think he has excellent hockey sense. He's a very creative player, a good shooter, good all round skills of the game, very competitive, very smart. Uh, they kind of like the whole package. Everything about his game. They don't see any real weaknesses or shortcomings. Highlight that last sentence. They don't see any real weaknesses or shortcomings. We're about to find out. <laughs> On the national stage... Their team has not won a gold medal since 2012. They, I don't think they've lost in the in the round robin of this tournament in the last three or four years. This is an undeniably big tournament for Sweden. And they have weapons this yep. year. And I, I mean, biggest one, Lucas Raymond, in my eyes.
1: Alexander Holtz being a close second.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in terms of point totals, probably. I don't know. Like it's going to be an interesting tournament. We don't. We just don't know everything. But I think Raymond's the the guy in Sweden that you should be keeping your eyes on, particularly if you're a Red Wings fan. Yeah. Team USA. Your boy next. Do you agree with me here? Um. Let's just say I picked I picked Cole Caulfield.
1: I honestly I never really liked Cole Caulfield. Really. You know. I well, he's a good player. He's got a lot of skill. He's really he's he's quick and agile. He's one of those nifty little, you know, offensive threats. But I just never liked him. So who who would you pick over Caulfield, then? Well, I'm going with my boy Jake Sanderson. I want to see how he does. For me personally, I think he, he is a underrated defenseman who I think people are sleeping on right now. Yeah, I... And I'm excited to see what he can do because...
0: I want to see his physicality put to work this year. If you notice too, I think I picked forwards for every team. And that wasn't that true. wasn't necessarily intentionally. It was more so the fact that when I looked at a lot of these teams, uh, for Austria for example, it was Marco Rossi or Timo Nickel. Who would you who would you pick? Marco Rossi. Exactly. Like <laughs> you you look at some of these teams and I think it's just so obvious that there's a forward to pick. Sanderson was one of the guys that I was making a case for. But when I started looking at Cole Caulfield, it's it's more of that dude is meant for junior hockey. To me, this is the kind of tournament that he is going to succeed in big time. I think we are going to see a different man on the ice this time around. He's a returning player, he's got all the talent in the world. I'm I don't know if I'm sold on Cole Caulfield in the NHL yet, but I promise you I am sold on Cole Caulfield in junior hockey. And that's why I'm also excited to see, or more so just
1: interested to see how Caulfield performs, because I haven't heard much on Caulfield, and I don't think anyone has since he was drafted. Well, and I mean, you can you can look at what he's I'm, done, but
0: part right, of that too comes from the fact he's playing with older
1: guys. Well, that's it. But there's not a lot of buzz on him. But I'm I'm excited to see what he can do on a bigger stage because this will be the first time, I think, since since he was drafted when he's really going to have a big spotlight on
0: him. You can make the... Like, he, he had a role last year, obviously, in the World Juniors, but it, it's not going to be even close to what he is this year. Like, this is his time to shine. And for him, I mean, sure, it doesn't exactly... Mean much? Like it's not going to change his draft rankings or anything, and it's not going to make the Habs call him up anytime sooner. But this is his chance to go out and show the hockey world what he's about. And I don't
1: think no matter how good he does this year, he's going to be looking at a Montreal spot this season. Oh no,
0: no, because he's he's in Uh, he's 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 in Wisconsin. He's He's already started playing. He's still way out. Yeah, it'll be next year at the earliest that he's there, and I I think there's a possibility of that. But we'll we'll have to see. Czech Republic. Another situation where I think pretty much my, not my only option, but my best option here is Jan Misak. And I okay. I think that has a lot to do with, again, it's another Montreal player. That's not why I picked him. This isn't a Montreal Canadiens bias. This is the fact that Jan Misak from the time that he left Czech Republic and stepped foot in the OHL in a brand new league, a league he had never played in before, a style of hockey that he had never played before, he showed up, he showed out. And you can make the case for Jaromir Pitlick, like, there's there's other players on this team that have the chance to be good players in this tournament. I just think Jan Misak stands the best chance to be the best player on this team when we are all said and done here
1: no there's no contest he's their number one player on this team i I don't look at any of these names and see um anyone notable that is gonna i think you know compete to the level he is and
0: And i mean misak's one of your returning players too that's that's the other key thing to look at these world juniors who are the returning players because those are the players that most frequently have the best success like you look at quinton byfield last year the dude struggled is that gonna happen again this year? Who knows? But the the returning players usually will fare better than first time around players. So that that's part of the other reason that Misak gets the edge over you know some of the other players in this team that, that could have been thrown into that group. So how long did it take you to select a Austria player to watch? Austria was probably the first one I did. <laughs> to be honest, like it was hey, it was just stop. obvious. Because Marco Rossi, I think, stands the chance to be one of the better players in the tournament, and it's un- it's unfortunate that he's playing for a team where the only other player on his team is really Timo Nickel. But I mean, <laughs> there's not much you can do, right? Um, he does have COVID, though. Did you hear that? Yikes! Yeah. So Marco Rossi was on. Ottawa radio, he was talking about how he's isolating, he has COVID, should be ready to go by the time the World Junior starts, of course, but, you know, you just, you hope that there's no long-lasting stuff or anything, and he'll be good to go and fine. Um, he said he just wants to win a game. That's the goal. Austria's goal is just to win one game here. Now that's setting the bar. Well, I mean, like, you go. look, this is, this is a team that in a normal <laughs> year will be, you're 100% probably getting, well, not 100%, you're probably getting relegated. Because you're looking at playing, if I had to guess who you'd play, probably Switzerland or Slovakia. I'm taking either of those teams over Austria. But, that being said, I think Austria is a team that I'm going to be interested in, mostly because of Marco Ross, and I want to see how he does, but might just fumble themselves into a win somewhere <laughs> along the way, who knows. Never know. Maybe they'll uh, shock the whole world. They'll get two. Yeah, who knows? But anyway, that was my list of players to watch through the tournament. Obviously, there's more. I think they're doing five players to watch for each team individually outside of this. So if you're interested in more stuff like this, you want to know a little bit more. Always, of course, head over to the Hockey Writers. Uh, Good group of uh, guys working on this stuff. And Yeah. Let's um. We pretty much did Russia and Germany's roster while we were doing that. Yeah, there wasn't really much too much to cover with the roster,
1: just because they're not fully we'll loaded. We'll have more. But, we'll we'll, uh, have, we'll have full the, right. like roster breakdowns at some point. But most of the notable players that needed to be mentioned were already mentioned. Yeah. That.
0: So let's get to the uh, absolute cluster truck of Team Canada right now.
1: You know, when you tell me this, I'm not going to lie, it it upset him. it it upset me a little bit. I'm going to be honest.
0: It's it's difficult because it it's it signifies that somebody broke the rules to me. And I think it's disappointing. They had everybody tested when they came in. Anybody who was positive was immediately isolated. I don't remember if there was... I don't think there was anybody that came back positive initially. I think Ridley Gregg ended up testing positive at some point, but he was isolated and they said there was no contact between him and anybody else. Then a non-core staff member becomes positive. It's either like a a food person or a laundry person and two of the assistant coaches get positive tests. They play anyway because they said that there's no contact between them that would result in a COVID positive. Now here we go. Two players tested positive. Everybody was retroactively put into quarantine as of Monday. They can't start their camps again until December 6th. This is a problem. This is not good for Canada. This isn't good for the World Juniors, not just Canada. And You gotta wonder, who broke the rules? Who did something they were not supposed to do? Did somebody sneak somebody in? Did somebody sneak out? And if that did happen, they shouldn't be on the team. It doesn't matter who it well, was. Then... If it was your best player, it doesn't matter. And I'm I'm not saying that somebody did, but something went wrong. This bubble was not secure. Yeah. Um.
1: I mean, uh, so who who came first? You said it was the people that came outside of the arena, or like, so the people who work within the arena. Is
0: that what you're well, saying?
1: So we have food people.
0: No. So like. You know how the the NHL and the NBA did their bubble situation where they had food prep on site and then yeah. like that kind of stuff. One oh, of those okay. people. So
1: someone within the bubble, okay.
0: Because they're bubbling in, in Edmonton or in Red Deer, oh, sorry. Okay. okay. So, yeah, so... Ridley Gregg was the first one to test positive. But they said there was no contact between him and anybody else. So they put him into quarantine and they, they kept going without him. Then two assistant coaches test positive and a non-core staff tested positive. They played a scrimmage that night. Now they're all into quarantine. The bubble the burst. The fact that
1: they're playing when there's clearly an outbreak
0: going on is also beyond me. But they also said that those coaches didn't have any contact with anybody. So who who messed up? Well, either
1: either there's not a lot of truth here or someone also broke the rules. But yeah,
0: who messed up? <laughs> who did what here? It, it's not adding up. And it's, it's not good. Like, it, it's not. Because You've had two scrimmages. So, who's looked good? Ryan O'Rourke has looked good. Graham Clark has looked good. Donovan Sobrango has looked good. Brett Brochu has looked good. Those are the four names that, I, that I've that i seen so far that I've really liked. And to be honest with you, Nick, I don't know if any of them other than Brett Brochu is going to make that team. I don't think I've seen enough from anybody. Are you having your doubts on Canada, even if they are playing? That's the tough thing. The The Canadians need to get on the ice. These kids have had two weeks of, of a bubble. And before that, they hadn't played in a competitive situation since March. Some of them longer if they were injured. But this isn't good.
1: <laughs> well, because not only just for the Canadians, but for... Even though I mean, I mean, if it's only happening to Canada, then it is quite evident that someone did. Um, no,
0: Canada's the only team bubbling right now.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Then clearly, they they either they weren't clear on what their their standards were for this bubble, or someone clearly went against guidelines because if the NHL can go a few months with zero, yeah, and. Then clearly right. someone's not doing something right,
0: and these are kids, we're, these are kids too, and they need to get that's out. That's a tough
1: thing. And we're coming up, and we're entering December right now. World Juniors,
0: the games start December twenty fifth. Which Day. for now, this has no impact on that, right? Right. The, that's, that's we true. will likely still see them on the ice December twenty fifth. It's just a matter of for for Team Canada, these this month training camp was critical for getting your team's legs back under them and getting them ready to go by the time the World Junior started. Now they're picking, going dry. Picking your best team, but also making sure that all of these players got on the ice and got work in. Critical. Now not only do you not know who your best players are right now, they're also not ready. <laughs> so I believe they play, they play Russia and they play Sweden for their, their pre-tournament games. Is that where we're putting all our hope now? Is, yes. is like, is, is are, normally they they play cupcake pre tournament games, and they said it. They they need to play some very competitive teams right away. They need to get back into it. So, are we really going to put all our eggs into those baskets? Like, are you going to play two different teams against those guys? No, you got to go into those games with your team set. And for the guys who didn't play too great in in those. Games they've had so far, it just made it just got a lot harder to make that team. For Brett Brochu, I think his his path to the starting net, the starting uh, to be the starting net miner for Team Canada, may have just gotten easier. And I don't think I would have said that beforehand. But I think so far, Brett Brochu has been the best goaltender at that camp.
1: I am. If, well, I'm not worried because I'm an American and I'm excited for the USA team to see what they can do. But if I'm a Canadian, I'm a little worried right now about what Team Canada is going to do because not only are they missing out on training camp, but they have some tough tough mashups to begin with. And I know that they are looking to get back into the swing of things by playing some tough teams out of the gate. But you're also playing tough teams out of the gate without training camp. So
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's... Also a little disappointing to see that uh, Kirby Dock was late to his first practice. Also encouraging to see that Andre Tourney sent him off the ice. He gave them the choice whether they want to come back or not. They said, nope. We want to be leaders of this team. We're not above the rules. We're not going to come back. I don't know if you saw that story or not. I do. I, I, do. I want to talk about Andre Tourney here for a second. This dude doesn't put up with your garbage here in Ottawa. Got, uh, I've seen him firsthand for quite the while. He runs a tight ship, it works. He's gotten his teams to buy in, he's got he's had tons of success with the 67s. Do not freak out on him for sending those two players who one should know better, two need to be leaders of this team. He needs to hold them accountable. What happens the very next day? They're early to practice, they're putting in extra work. Problem solved. Now you have your leaders. You show them that they're they're on playing even playing surface. They have to be the leaders. You've got them there now. Do not bash Andre Tony for that.
1: Well, now more than ever, he needs to have his team buy in right now to what's going on. So. Yeah. hopefully.
0: Either way, though, I'm I'm confident that Andre and James Boyd and Co. are going to put together the best roster possible for the Canadians. Am I confident that they're going to be on their. I'm not confident that they're going to start the tournament hot. We'll say that. But then again, you're in a pool with Finland, uh, Slovakia, Germany, and Switzerland. I'm not going to say you need to start the tournament hot. You just need to play better than the teams you should destroy. So don't sound the alarm bells yet. It's a bump in the road. Not a good one, big bump, but they will be good
1: that they had caught this not necessarily early, but when they well, you know, I think if they had had this issue December 15th,
0: well, I I think it's just a lot of stuff that double IHF can take into consideration. You've still got some time to make sure that your bubble is solid, just take this into consideration, make any changes you see fit. And make this thing work. The IHF needs to learn from this now. Like, Don't wait till it happens during the World Juniors and you have to cancel some games. Get this thing solid. You're bringing in people from all over the world for this. It will not be easy. Just do what you have to do to make it work. And I think that's all the hockey world can ask for right now. We need a distraction pretty badly. And a best-on-best junior hockey tournament is just about the right way to do it. So let's make this work. Let's give people some distraction. Nothing better than watching what? I think it's Switzerland and Slovakia Christmas Day at uh 12 30 p.m. Eastern time. It's gonna be a great tournament. It's gonna to be lots of fun. Make it work. Keep it safe. Let's play some hockey, Nick.
1: Yeah, dude. We have we got Thanksgiving football today, but dude, we got hockey all day on Christmas. Screw the NBA. They're not even playing. We got hockey.
0: I'm excited. Yeah.
1: I'm happy. We don't even get NHL hockey on Christmas Day. Even if they are playing, we don't get Nope. It. This is big. We got hockey, Frankie.
0: <laughs> Let's wrap it up here. Okay, I'll stop.
1: <laughs> so we'll be talking more World Juniors for the next few weeks leading up to the start of the World Junior Tournament, as well as when it starts up. We'll be covering that nonstop. That's all we will need to we will be doing exclusively that so you can always check out Frankie on Twitter and his hockey writer uh,
0: articles, especially with his predictions coming up. Right. Yes.
1: HPR underscore Frankie 13 and uh,
0: the Russian World Junior roster preview from. Oh, let me. uh, Chris Faria will be going up in a couple of days should be i think he said it's going to be tomorrow so keep your eyes out for that as well and then after that every day after the the russian game i will have something up as well so there's something else to keep your eyes out for if you are interested in following russia as well as my stuff and you can find my boring ass twitter at hprc it's pretty boring lots of nascar there
1: yeah lots of racing stuff so you know talk to frankie about hockey no you can talk to me about hockey too, and I'll hop, I'll happily tweet at you. But Frankie's got all the arguments. I haven't argued Anyways, with anybody in a while. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at HPR Podcast and on Twitter at HPR underscore Podcast. Um, we will be doing a pick'em type thing for December tenth a- or
0: December tenth, and then we will be making our picks December eleventh. And uh, we will be doing
1: some sort of um, pick em, like I said, and we will be giving away jersey kits for that. So stay tuned for that.
0: Also, conveniently, sports. Um, one of our episodes is going to be on the 25th of December, which lands on the Friday, of course. So, Nick, what I think we'll do, big-time World Junior kickoff episode, December 24th, We drop that in the morning, don't do a Tuesday episode, just a Thursday episode, and big party. Sounds like a plan to me. Cool. I'm on board. I love when I make impromptu
1: plans and don't tell you about them until I tell you about them. Yeah, and then until we actually get to the scheduled day of said plan, it changes. That sounds about right. Yep. It'll probably change. But as of now, get ready for that big time party. (laughs) Anyways, we will be back here next week talking more hockey.
0: So we'll see you guys next time. Peace! Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. Before we let you go, we want to remind you quickly one more time about our sponsors, Customized Sports. If you don't remember, Customized Sports offers you a high-quality looking tackle twill jersey kit that gives your jersey a professional look that you wouldn't otherwise have if you left it the blank. You can find them at customizedsports.com or on the Reddit for eBay page, customized-sports. When you go to checkout, be sure to use code prospect10 for your 10% discount. Thank you for sponsoring us, and we'll see you guys next week.